You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast, official launch date, 18th of September, 2017. Hello, I'm Benji Clifford. And I'm Nick Briggs. And we are going to take a punt that you already know that we at Big Finish are the proud purveyors of the finest audio drama. Because this podcast is just far too packed to hang around explaining all that stuff. You know the score. Coming up, news, emails, guest stars, the Randomoid Selectatron, and the latest releases rounded up. And straight away, here comes the news. This is the Big Finish News. Nick and Benji is back! Ah! Oh. That's the sort of torturous. He's back, doing Hello. <laughs> like a just bell. sprung in through the window. <laughs> Smashed in. As oh, regular dear. listeners will know, you were absent doing your hard work. Uh, I was. Although you did do you did do the emails, which was the important thing. But we got through it. That's that's the thing. We got through it. We got an awful lot done in in a very short amount of time. So it's all good. And we got the emails in, and the podcast it's went brilliant. out. With gleaming reviews, no less, and so what, what more can can you want, really? Do you get good reviews? Who reviewed us? Well, I don't think anybody has. I just I just imagine just that. made that up, didn't you? Um, yeah, I just, exactly. Well, you know, you've got to sell it, haven't you? You've got to sell. <laughs> probably all just complaints, probably. Oh, they made that joke twice already. <laughs> At least. I have to warn you, I've, I've had a terrible uh, fluey, coldy thing, so my laughs today, I literally sound like Muttley, um, and it's it really is a sort of... <laughs> Thing going, it's yeah, horrible. Isn't record it? that, record that. You'll need it one day. Sort of mixture between Muttley and, and Deirdre Barlow um, going <laughs> on there. Oh, Ken. Um, so, anyway, let's rock straight into the news here. So, uh, firstly, Benny is back. <laughs> Released on the 20th of September, Doctor Who The New Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, Volume 4 The Ruler of the Universe. Bernie Summerfield creator, esteemed writer and avid Big Finish podcast listener Paul Cornell says of his creation, she's the domestic in a universe of grand designs. She's the person who puts her hand up at the important meeting to decide the future and asks who's going to empty the bins. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, here's the trailer. You're going to love it. Squad, present arms for the president of the universe. Coming soon from Big Finish... Doctor Who, The New Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, Ruler of the Universe. I see the great darkness coming, but also I see hope. What are those things? Very old and very bad and very hungry! Doctor! Do you ever feel guilty? No. You're the most powerful man in the universe. And every decision you make, whether right or wrong, has consequences. What have you done? I thought you were saving us! We're being gassed. The doors won't open and they're, they're pumping gas into the cab! I know! Isn't it wonderful? And where does Professor Summerfield come in? Of all the people in this universe, she's the only person who believes in me. And I worry I've lost her. 
What could be more fun than being awful old me in a universe run by the doctor? <laughs> Big finish. We love stories. Agent Bernie Summerfield, special liaison to the President of the Universe, my card. Beans, beans, coffee, loyalty card. We're a secret agency. What do you expect? And just a reminder that this podcast's guest star interview is with Lisa Baum and Bernie Summerfield herself. That's coming up later. But next up, you probably didn't miss this great news story last weekend. Sorry, it was last Friday. It wasn't last weekend. I just made that up. Can you imagine all those people thinking, I can't believe I missed that. Yeah, big news, big, big news. And without further ado, uh, the first Doctor Adventures. That's right, David Bradley and his TARDIS team from the acclaimed drama about the creation of Doctor Who, Adventures in Space and Time, will arrive at Big Finish later this year in a series of adventures lovingly crafted in the style of those heady days from 1963 and 1964. Yes, I just finished directing these in studio and even managed to find time to have a podcast chat with each member of the leading team. Yeah, that'll be coming up. But here, by way of a preview of these interviews, is a chat with the whole gang. David Bradley, who plays the Doctor, Jamie Glover, who plays Ian, Gemma Powell, who plays Barbara, and Claudia Grant, who plays Susan. Let the mayhem commence. Well, uh, hello to you guys and welcome to the Big Finish podcast to Gemma and Claudia and Dave and Jamie. Hello. And for the last few couple of days and couple of days last week, and you've been recreating the roles you recreated in uh, Adventures in Space and Time. Yes, with lots yeah. of coffee and gossip as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lots of coffee. What's it been like getting back together? Terrible. <laughs> really awful. Thank you, Claudia. Horrible. Like three people in equity I swore I'd never work with again. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> it's, been, it's been absolutely lovely, and it doesn't feel like four... Is it four years? It is four it, years, yeah, yes. And it doesn't it? feel like it. It, it, no. it, it feels, uh, feels like it was a few months ago. No, you yeah. just been, had a few babies. and Had a few babies <laughs> on the yeah. way, yeah. In yeah. the studio. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been, it's been great fun, and it's, it's, it's nice to get a chance to recreate the recreation yeah it's uh, particularly nice uh, when uh, because we've been working a bit separately but when you all finally got together yesterday it was a yeah. lovely moment to hear you all just chatting and gossiping you clearly got on in the first place when you worked together yes yes yeah. uh, yes it was it was a nice moment and i thought oh i i hadn't realized until it was mentioned that the, the four of us were back together for the first yeah. time on the on, yeah. on mike Lovely, lovely. Well, in the coming weeks on the podcast, uh, I'll be uh, running little interviews with. I've done an interview with Claudia, and I've done one with Gemma. I'm going to do one with Jamie, and I'm going to do one with you, Dave. I'm so terrified. That's, yeah. a, that's a terrible threat. <laughs> Terrifying. Could you, could you reassure the guys about it? It's really scary. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Claudia, what's your take on the podcast interview? I think you tried to entrap me a couple of times, but I managed to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Well, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure working with you all. I know I'm going to carry on just for another afternoon working with some of you. But anyway, thank you. Thank would you, you. Would you do us you. all a favour and just do the Dalek voice? Oh, yes. I've never. Do it. I've do it. Got, I haven't got my ring modulator here. Oh, oh really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. 
I didn't it, know you had a ring modulator. Oh, well, when I did it, <laughs> so that's interesting, that. actually. When I, when I, <laughs> <laughs> no, just the way I walk. <laughs> but it, when, when I did it on Adventures in Space and Time, I didn't have one, did I? That's because they didn't tell me I'd be doing the voice. Oh, didn't they? No. Mark oh. Gatiss just said, come along, and then they gave me a part. Yeah. And they you put, had a wig. And, and they put a wig yeah. on me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they said, now do the... So I was just doing it like yeah. that. Yes, that was yeah. very good. Very good. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Even without your ring modulated, Thanks. that sounds yeah. absolutely splendid. Yeah. Oh, you, you'd love it with my ring modulated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Utter oh. filth. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. That was brilliant. And don't forget that you can see David Bradley in action as the first Doctor uh, in the Doctor Who Christmas special, Twice Upon a Time. Yes. And obviously there's already been a lot of reaction about these first Doctor releases and everyone's been pretty positive. So that's lovely. Thank you very much. Uh, there have been a few concerns raised about, you know, oh, what's going to happen about Caroline Ford uh, and other people? You know, oh, does this mean you'll never work with them again and you don't like them anymore and all that? And of course, it doesn't mean that at all. This is just an additional thing we're doing. And something I said that's in the news story on the site, actually, is that, you know, um, None of these actors are doing impersonations of the original actors. What they're doing is playing these parts as written. And we've, you know, written them. Uh, our, our brilliant writers, you know, uh, Matt Fitton and John Dorney and uh, Andrew Smith and um, uh, uh, Guy Adams. Sorry, Guy, how can I forget you? I'm just old and forgetful. Um, have written these great scripts in the style, very much in the style of the first Doctor Adventures. And the cast are coming to it uh, and playing the parts as written written in that very faithful way so you know you're not going to listen to it and think goodness me i thought that was william hartnell no you'll hear someone playing the first doctor character um a, a, perhaps a slightly different in interpretation and with all the other characters as well i think there will be moments when you think oh yes yes, yes I, I recognize that but this is a sort of new way of looking at it we just thought it'd be a fun and exciting thing we've been trying to do it for ages but as it gets mentioned in, in interviews coming up in future podcasts, David Bradley is so busy, really. And so we were trying to do this even before the um, Christmas special was mooted. It was, you know, it was just a coincidence when they t when the BBC finally said, "Oh, and David Bradley is going to be in the Christmas specials, top secret." We said, "Oh, we were all oh, <laughs> I'm not really going to do something like that." But anyway, it all worked out very nicely. Well, I think the way that to look at it is is well, there's sort of you can look at it and say novelty is the wrong word, but it's it's kind of you, you're getting that cast from from adventures in space and time, and and, and just extending that really, and, and seeing what what they do with it. It's a bit of fun, yeah. and also I think you know we we've, we've got the range of the the unbound stuff, and I'm not saying it's in any ways like that, but it's yeah, it's it's different people playing familiar characters, and yeah. I think I think it's yeah. I can't wait. I'm really excited. Uh, I just. The cover artwork as well, which I think is by Tom Webster. Yeah, that's right. Using gorgeous. all those lovely photos taken for Adventures in Space and Time. Absolutely gorgeous. Claudia stuff. was ribbing Jamie because uh, she, her picture is much bigger than his. She's saying, yes, yes, I, I think I'm more important. Uh, <laughs> his head off about it. it was such a great team. I had such fun working with them all. So now let's move on, but let's keep this uh, 60s vibe going here. So next up we have Captain Scarlet and the Mysterons. 
So as you may know, this lavish box set features the mini-albums from the 1960s, plus original TV episodes adapted for audio with narration from Ed Bishop. Uh, it's never been digitally released before, and we'll be featuring one of those at the end of the podcast as our drama tease. Uh, so very excited, and that's an episode called uh, The Heart of New York. Uh, but also in this huge uh, box set is a feature-length documentary about all things Captain Scarlet. So here's a trailer for that amazing documentary presented by our chum, son of Jerry Anderson. It's only Jamie Anderson. On the 29th of September 1967, Jerry Anderson's new series took to the air, marking another thrilling chapter in the history of supermarionation. Leading the fight, one man fate has made indestructible. His name, Captain Scarlet. This is a 50th anniversary salute to Captain Scarlet and the Mysterons. Looking back with the original cast and crew, including rare archive audio from across the decades. It was a very dark kind of construction, Captain Scarlet. The ingredients of what went into every single shot was just everybody putting their heads down and putting as much thought into making it as realistic as possible. I knew I had to come up with the angel fighter and I was just doodling away and that's where it actually came from. He also at times could be very irritating. To me, that is. And no doubt he's in heaven now saying, yeah, Jerry was equally irritating me at times. Not only the heads were more difficult to make, they were difficult to work as, as well. I've heard a couple of them say that when Captain Black came on, they hid behind the settee. It was tremendous teamwork that gave us the end result. We did it as a team and we loved doing it and that's what made it so magical. And Captain Scarlet, you were just gung-ho all the way, no doubt. Just time to tell you about two other Big Finish productions coming up next year. In March 2018, we'll be releasing the third series of the highly acclaimed supernatural horror series, The Omega Factor. Ooh. Starring Louise Jameson and John Dorney as Anne Reynolds and Adam Crane in the story of Department 7's battle against terrifying forces. From beyond. <laughs> and congratulations to you for being able to read that with all my typos in it. I just spotted several as they went through, so well done. Uh, <laughs> there's also something brand new coming next year. In fact, there'll be many more brand new things coming next year from Big Finish. Um, but here's one. Jeremiah Born in Time. It's written by and starring Nigel Planer, who you may know from TV's The Young Ones. And I worked with him on the Doctor Who Live Arena Tour a few years back, 2010, I think that was. Uh, it's a very new sort of journey uh, through time and space packed with quirky characters. It also stars Sebastian Armesto as the titular Jeremiah. And you'll recognise Sebastian from his roles in Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Pirates of the Caribbean, on, on, on Stranger Tides. That was that what that one was called. Uh, Broadchurch Series 3, he played a rather creepy taxi driver. And the, and the Doctor Who episode, Bad Wolf, where um, uh, Jeremiah born director Barnaby Edwards and I met him. Uh, we actually all had dinner together and we were laughing with him the fact that it said that his character died in a fatoom. <laughs> Russell's written in the script as he, as he runs off from the... Um, Weakest Link set, set, or no, he doesn't run off. He just gets fatumed. It's a good anyway, sound. No, he does fatoom. run off, doesn't he? he? He says, "I can't cope with this <laughs> anymore." Fatum, fatum, and he's dead. Um, 
Anyway, uh, th- yes, uh, uh, there's a great guest cast to die for. Barnaby Edwards has excelled himself. I love that you're typo there. There's a great guest cat to die for. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Just as I a, imagine oh, it's Bagpuss, isn't it? I was it? just reading it, this idea that Barnaby Edwards brings in this, this guest cat and he's really excelled himself. Oh, he's I could die it. for that cat. <laughs> I put my life on the line for that cat. Oh. Uh, anyway, here's, here's your meaty chunks. Uh, Sophie Thompson... Tim McInerney, uh, Celia Imrie, Christopher Ryan, Annette Badland, uh, Siobhan Redman, and others. It's going to be great. More news, clips, interviews, and all that malarkey in the coming weeks and months. You see, that's a bit of a treat there, isn't it, really? Nigel Planer and Christopher Ryan. That's a, uh, yes, I that's know, a I real know. treat. Yes. Vegetable rights and peas. Um, <laughs> I love it. Now listen then. Yeah, he, um, uh, That was my uh, Christopher Ryan bad impersonation. I, I didn't see uh, Christopher Ryan there, but uh, I was there at the same studio complex uh, at the Soundhouse directing the first Doctor Adventures. I realise I'm doing strange hand gestures right in your face with the camera. I was directing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a big monster. Um <laughs> At the same time that Barney was doing a couple of days of uh, Jeremiah Bourne. So it was uh, at one point there were, uh, I think there were 21 actors there. Wow. All fighting over the lunch. And, you know, there was one day where Barney let his lot out uh, slightly early. So when Sneaky. we came to the lunch table, they were all sitting around it. And you literally had to sort of push past people's shoulders to get some food. And so the next day, I suddenly realised we were going to finish something a bit early before lunch. And I could have got ahead by a scene. I thought, no, we'll finish now. <laughs> so we, we got in there. And the people doing the lunch were like, it's not ready yet. I said, I know, but we are. And we're ready for that Jeremiah Bourne bunch. It's a bit of, <laughs> bit of lunch rivalry. You know, everyone's starving by the time lunch comes around. When I say everyone, I probably just mean me. I normally eat lunch at 12 o'clock in my normal life. And when I'm directing, I have to eat it at one. Ooh. That extra hour kills me. See, sometimes I just get so into my work that, you know, it could be two. It could be three when I'm having my lunch. It really... Oh, I can't make it. Although I, today, I, I just had lunch at one. But when I say lunch, I want to tell you about my pathetic lunch. Okay. Was it, wasn't it just a lettuce leaf sort of sitting solemnly on a bit of hovis, was it? There's nothing much left in my flat. Uh, there's some cream of tomato cup of soup. I had to throw the tomato out because the tomato Ooh. cup of soup out because it was um, uh, it expired in in the, f- the first of uh, January or something. Whereas this at least is still edible until October, according to the packet. So I had that and some almonds and walnuts. <laughs> I do you sort of sitting there with this selection of sort of students meal, isn't it? Sort of, and, a, and a little spit. Of, I can just imagine this sort of feeble fire, sort of like a yeah, sitting there, sort of freezing a primer cold. stove. Uh, well, oh. I did look in the freezer and I thought, oh, 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 look, look, there's some uh, onion bargies and and fish fingers. I could I could just do that. Both of them a year out of date. Oh, I'm that's... not risking it. They're going nah, in the bin. Would have been they go in the bin when I'm taking the rubbish out because I'm not leaving them to start smelling in the bin. In the <laughs> this is far too much information. No, you don't want some sort of fish finger in the Indian fusion going on there. It could just just, just sounds like hell to me. Just... Yes. Anyway, that's my lunch. Um, but I'm, I'm making up for it all tomorrow because um, 
Rob Shearman's coming around for lunch. And uh, I asked him if he wanted a roast dinner. And he said, yes, he wanted to go out and have a meal. But I just want to just want to be quiet. You know, you, it's in these pubs sort of fighting to hear what the other person's saying. I'm so old. Well, uh, so know. I went out and I bought, you know, potatoes and chicken. And I'm doing I've been cooking roast dinners since I was 18 years old. You know, Rob thinks it's some kind of wizardry. He's never done anything like that at all in his life. But I can I can do this stuff. You're Even though I'm married, <laughs> a dab, a dab hand at the roast dinner. Well, so you don't want what we encountered, where really we really fancied a nice roast dinner, didn't we? Went into the uh, the place. <sighs> Did they do? And they said, "Oh no, we don't do roast dinners here." Well, what on a Sunday God. in a Weatherspoons? Unbelievable. I oh, know. And you thought you could rely on Weatherspoons to do a Sunday lunch, but just it just shows yeah. the changing demographic. And that people don't tuck into that sort of stuff anymore. No, it's history. Absolute history. But let's move on anyway from this food related because it's going to make me hungry. And, uh, you know... You've already had lunch, surely, no? I have. I have already had lunch, yes. Can I just inquire what you had? I had, well, I've, I've got into this awful habit of having uh, open top sandwiches now, which is just what European What's people... What's just, awful about it? Well, I don't know. I just eat it with a knife and fork. It's very strange. So I just had a bit, nice bit of tuna, olive oil, you know... On some well, it's less nice... bread. It's good to have less bread. That's what I was thinking. It's less bread, but but it, it but it lasts longer because you kind of you're eating it. It's difficult to eat. It's difficult to eat. Exactly. <laughs> that's well, a good yeah, dietary just... tip, isn't it? Have food that's difficult to eat. Have like food that's food. difficult to eat and eat get it. Get a meal and then suspend it from an elastic band, slightly too high for you to get to. So every time you manage to bite a bit, it pings up onto the ceiling and then bits just flake down on you and you have to catch them. And the best thing is it, it turns eating into a really quite challenging game. Uh, so it's, it's, it's like that great mini game you get when you buy a pair of glasses, which is called Find the Glasses. Oh. You know, it's not, you know, you don't buy a pair of glasses and just wear them. You have this whole new world of opportunities of, of losing them and finding them. And we could do that with, with food, you know. Well, I, I, I do that about five times a day with my glasses. And I've also got three pairs of glasses on the go. I think Peter Davison, we were talking about it. He's got the same. He's, he, you can't quite let go of certain pairs of glasses. And that one, those ones that are a bit weaker, I use those for reading this. And these are my very focals. Drives me bonkers. Well, you've got to do it, you know, even even I'm a member of the Specky Brigade, and, and only for computers, though, only for computers, but I live in fear, I live in fear. But let's move on, so yes. without further ado, uh, that is the end of the news, and uh, and just to make the news a little bit more difficult, we're going to suspend it on some rubber bands <laughs> and catapult it towards, um, what's over there? France, I suppose. Just <laughs> catapult it to France. They can deal with that for today. Coming up soon, <coughs> Benji Clifford coughing. Oh, Bernice sorry. Summerfield herself, Lisa Bauman, is our guest star. And don't forget that our drama tease is a whole episode of Captain Scarlet. Dum, 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 brr, dum, dum, boom. With the original cast. Da, 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 da. Sorry. No, don't apologise. It was sublime. Uh, but in the meantime, here's the utter delight that is listeners' emails. So what can I say about emails that I haven't said a billion times at least? I love them. I do. I absolutely love them. It's true. I'll say that a billion times, but it'll probably make the podcast last an extra 
don't know, 40 Day. minutes? Day, 40 minutes, <laughs> yeah, who knows? But, uh, you know, I love them. Isn't that enough? So all you've got to do to join in is to email us at podcast at bigfinish.com. Uh, not bigfish.com. That's podcast at bigfinish.com. That's right. So this first one up here is from Andy Ritz. Oh, Ritz. is he related yeah. to the biscuits? I was about to make that joke, but instead I'm going to say no. Perhaps he's related to the hotel chain. It's more likely, um, isn't it, I think. Yeah, he looks classy. He does look classy, you know. What font is he in? He's in a Helvetica. He's classy. Uh, so, uh, hello, Benji and Nick with three exclamation marks, no less. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that sounded a, like a baboon, sorry. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Sort of. woo, woo, woo. Um, so, uh, in a podcast most likely filled to the absolute brim with the first Doctor discussion. Oh, yes, uh, the first Doctor. Mm, yes. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Yes, Chesterman. Mm. I just sound, like, just, sound like I'm old, I just sound like an old tramp, don't I? Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm going. I'm, 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 bird of night, hoot not. <laughs> Maybe maybe that guy who used to sing in London that that BBC man got into the studio. I'm the first doctor. Why didn't you cast him? You know, it could have been... Oh, it's full of missed done... an opportunity. I could have gone back into the 1950s and found him lying the... in the gutter. You could have done... Yeah, Nick, Nick, Nicholas Briggs invents a time machine in which he can go back and, and <laughs> get an actor. And instead of going back and getting William Hartnell... To, to go to act against David Bradley and have this great the two first doctors thing no he goes and gets the singing man from the 50s um, Nicholas Briggs stars in the singing man um, <laughs> it's my neighbours are going to wonder what on earth's going on that's part of the fun so yes uh, uh, Andy Ritz would like to ask a question related to the first doctor but not the one that everyone is interested in yes I'd like to ask about the first doctor volume Volume 2, the absolutely wicked, brackets in a good way, box set. Specifically, the trailer. The trailer for that set, which to me sounds like a prequel to the set itself. Uh, my question is this. Is that what they actually intended? Was the trailer meant to be a prequel to this set at large? Or was it always meant to be a trailer? Anyways, I hope my humble little email can be read out on the podcast. But for now, I'll hopefully, and that's in brackets there, uh, let you get back to the excitement about David Bradley and company returning for the next set, which I am too very excited about. As I said, when I saw the news, damn you, big finish. You ruined my wallet yet again. Buck up. Uh, I would shout it, but I will just have a coughing fit. Uh, so all the best there, Andy Ritz. Nick, take it away. Well, it's interesting. Just before I do, I just... Um, the weather's got very bad here and it's suddenly become very dark. So I'm going to have to turn the light on because I can't quite see what I'm doing. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's right. It's, it's literally pitch black in there. Pitch black. It's light, I'm telling you. My wife's replaced the light fitting and it's not as That's, good. Is that an Ikea? It looks like exactly the what? same one as I, that light. Is that, did it come from Ikea? It looks very that, similar uh, to the one... Yeah. Well, I, I think it might be, although my wife has a sort of pathological uh, hatred of Ikea. I've got a very, very similar one like that, but it's white instead of yellow. She doesn't hate their products. She hates the retail experience. I hate the retail experience. Can't it's stand all the queuing and the, all that. Yeah, that really annoys her. Anyway, she's a very um, mild-mannered person, so hate is probably too much for extreme word. 
Um, anyway, yes, uh, that trailer. Well, look, here it is. Big Finish presents The Companion Chronicles, The First Doctor, Volume 2. Status report? It's not good news. <sighs> when is it? There's already talk of Arcadia falling and a new front opening up at the last hour. And now this. Numerous incursions now, my lady. They're targeting the First Doctor's timeline. I warned the High Council this might happen. Show me. The problem with using terror is that it ends by terrifying its users too. No one trusts each other. Everyone fears retribution. The revolution shall devour its children. Hasn't someone in Paris said as much? That was Vernio. He has been guillotined. Exterminate! You! She had a whole life ahead of her. Silence! Stephen? Stephen, my boy, are you there? Doctor, am I pleased to hear you? Yes, yes, I'm sure you are. Now, uh, look at this. These are gorgeous. Where do you shop? Carnaby Street? Uh, who do you think you are? The Nuke of the North or something? Blooming kids. But how do they get past the locked doors? It wasn't kids. What's that, Duchess? It wasn't kids. It was the guys. The guys? The pile of rags. They stood up. They came at me. Ben, you saw their faces. We've mended the damage where we can, but now uh, we can't interfere. Not there. Not so close to... Perhaps... Where is the Doctor's capsule heading now? Uh, Earth, Mutter's Spiral, their 16th century. Ah, then perhaps there is still something we can do. <sighs> Our revels now are ended. These are actors, as I foretold you, were all spirits and are melted into air. Big finish. We love stories. Here they are, that's the trailer for the first Doctor box set volume two yes it was sort of meant as a sort of it was meant as a trailer but it was meant to sort of tickle your tingle your molecules and, and sort of uh, do it from a future perspective i thought that was quite fun because there's sort of yeah, it's a trailer but it's a trailer with a novel approach i thought thank you right next up this from jack harding hi nick and benji i've just listened to time in office which is a main range story uh which is fantastic uh, it featured uh, Leela and Tegan and the uh, Fifth Doctor on Gallifrey. Uh, I can't say Gallifrey without doing it. Gallifrey. Vague, vaguely Tom Baker voice. Congratulations for yet another excellent adventure. Will we be hearing more adventures with the likes of Charlie Pollard or Hex? They're both excellent characters. Uh, the latest Pollard, Charlie Pollard series was wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Have you have you heard it yet, folks? Charlotte Pollard series two. We're planning series three. The story will continue and there will be an epic conclusion. Um, uh, will we be hearing India Fisher again soon? <laughs> you just answered the question. I did. So, so could you, uh, um, Jack, just edit this podcast into a slightly different order? <laughs> uh, Shadow Planet was another great story. That's by A.K. Benedict, brilliant writer. Uh, might we hear more adventures with Hex and Ace? Uh, yes, Um you know, which we've we've never done with any of them. They they sort of can all come back because you see, time travel is involved. Yes, you see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you again for the continued excellent work. All the best, Jack. 
I think I answered everything there, didn't I? You did there, yeah. Fantastic stuff. Cheers for that, Jack. So next up, this one is from Benjamin Trainer. Hey, Nick and Benji. Trainer, hey, wasn't there? Mr. Mr. Trainer was in uh, Time Slip. Did you ever see Time Slip? I have, yes, I have da, seen da, Time da, Slip. Da, da, da. Yeah, Mr. Trainer was in it. Yeah, played by, um, oh, goodness sake. Come on, you're a young person. You can just Google it, can't you? I can just Google it. So it's, it's, Ooh, any conversation with Jamie Anderson, he's constantly, anything that I go, oh, what's that? He's, he's going, oh, it's uh, blah, 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 blah. He's, he's looking at me on FaceTime and he's sort of staring at the screen in a slightly scary way as he's reading off the internet. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I love, love, love finding things out, you know. Who played a really famous actor? Played uh, Dennis Quilly. Quilly, Dennis Quilly. Quilly. Dennis Quilly. Yeah, there go. yes. What has he been in? I recognise his face. Oh, just millions of things. I mean, he's very famous for, as a musical theatre actor. He played um, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber. Demon Barber. The Demon in Barber. Pretty much the same thing with Sweeney a, Todd. That's I think. a quirky one there. Uh, yes. Anyway, so uh, Benjamin, probably not related to the fictional character in Time Slip, which was a great ITV 1970 series. Classic series, that one. Is that, can you buy that now? It must, oh, be, a yes. ne- that must be a network, surely. A uh, network release. Yeah. I've got it over on the shelf over there, but I'm not taking my headphones off again. But it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it is certainly about, it's, If it's not network distribution releasing that in the UK, then I may be a monkey's uncle. Well, you're not a monkey's uncle because yeah. it is released by Network, the complete series there. Yeah, it's got Tim Beddoe's name all over it. Tim Beddoe's, who is the big boss of Network. I know that because I'm going to the Port Marion prisoner thing on the 29th of September and he's organising it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, Jamie, that's, Jamie that's, Anderson uh, is, is FaceTiming me. Just invite him in. <laughs> I haven't got the technology. I'm going to decline and send him a text and say, um, I'm podcasting. Speak later, mate. <laughs> oh. Right. Right, so this this is Benjamin Trainer's email then. So, hey, Nick and Benji. As I write this email, it is four hours removed from the big announcement about the first Doctor adventures with David Bradley as the first Doctor. And after hearing the news, I felt compelled to write you guys an email. Love an email. Uh, I think this is fantastic news. That was a pause there for no real reason. Uh, ever since the <laughs> end excellent. of... Excellent. 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 It was like Chekhov. <laughs> well, I have been uh, known to learn from the best. Uh, I don't know what no, I was I meant Ensign Chekhov in Star Trek. No, so I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Like it, like it. Uh, So I think this is fantastic news. Ever since the end of season 10, I have been excited for the Christmas special as much for the first Doctor as I am for the 12th Doctor's regeneration. And now I find out that I can get even more from David Bradley from you guys. Yay. Yay. The inclusion of Jamie Glover, uh, Gemma Powell and Claudia Grant makes this release all the better as I thought they were wonderful in the biopic and Gemma has been fantastic as Barbara in the early adventures uh i'll just scroll down miles then um also the announcement of the first master intrigues me as i am sure it does for most people i have to say this is this is a surprising inclusion Mm -hmm. and i am very much looking forward to hearing james dreyfus's interpretation of the master and indeed discovering what the master is like in his earliest incarnation 
I'll give you a clue. He's thoroughly evil. I thought that was very sort of cleverly slotted in in the text there. You blink and you miss it, you know? Yeah. I reckon there's still... Amazing performance. Amazing performance. I reckon there are still some people that haven't even twigged that that's happening because some people yeah. are seeing, oh, it's happening, great, you know, move on. But really, they don't know all of it. Uh, I, I really only have one question with regards to this announcement. Will this affect the early adventures at all? This range has produced some fantastic stories, the Ravelli conspiracy being a particular favourite of mine, and I hope that we will continue to have stories in it going forward. At any rate, I am very much looking forward to the upcoming releases, starting with The Night Witches, which I hear is very good. Anyway, I feel I must end the email now, or I fear I would end up writing far more than is necessary. Brackets, if I haven't already closed brackets. Mm -hmm. uh, however, before I go, I should tell you that I greatly enjoy the podcast. It has become one of the things I look forward to most in my week. Oh, you never fail nice. to put a smile on my face. I Bing. came for the news and stayed for the two of you. Oh, that's lovely. That's nice. That is very nice. Well, I'm glad, glad we make your... Uh, we meet your week. Lots of fun. Because we have fun doing this and we hope you have fun listening. Arr. Arr. Uh, oh, and Time in the Office was wonderful. Props to all involved in that story. Anyone who hasn't heard it absolutely should. Regards, Benjamin Trainer. Yes, it's Time in Office, by the way. Not in the office. It's nothing oh, to do with Ricky Gervais. It's, because, it's literally because I, I, I watched The Office like last week. <laughs> I, watched, when I, was, I watched all of it. Well, Benjamin, we know what you mean, so it's fine. No, it won't affect the early adventures at all. We'll continue with the early adventures. Do not worry. We, lo we love the early adventures. Uh, and finally, this from Chris Orton, who I follow on Twitter, actually. Uh, hi, Nick and Benji. Uh, when the new website arrives, will there be... He put arrived, actually, but um, I'm sure that he didn't mean that. Lives in the future. Uh, he did. You live in the future, Chris. Can you tell me what happens when the new <laughs> website arrives? I, I would really like to know. Will there be a more streamlined approach to ordering at all? It may be my advancing years, but I find it rather tricky to navigate through the ordering process, particularly when it comes to bundles. Some of the drop-down lists are bewilderingly long, and I find myself getting into a bit of a spin. But keep up the good work, and buck up! All the best, Chris. Uh, look, we're, uh, Chris, we're always looking at all the ordering process, but the problem is that we have so many uh, different products. We will, however, be developing the notion of collections of releases more, which should help to make the ordering process a bit simpler. Uh, but stay tuned for more announcements on the development of the website. I've abandoned giving predictions of uh, progress or potential launch date because I've learned the hard way that these things take time. Uh, uh, and they're being handled by our brilliant, brilliant Sue Cowley, who is an expert in all this and seriously leaves no stone unturned. Uh, we could not be in safer hands. And that's for darn sure. You're not wrong there. And on that uh, Sukali praising note, uh, it's time for us to say goodbye to this week's emails. Uh, and haven't they been sped? Do you know what? I read that and I had an absolute... I thought... I said, time for us to say goodbye. And I thought, God, what? She's not going. I thought, well, I haven't been told that, but she's not going. No, sit, no. It's, <laughs> it's the way it's been written. Like, On that Sue Cowley note, it's time for us to say goodbye. <laughs> Awful. No, Sue, she's still there. It's fine. Oh, don't panic. Don't panic. Like the world is, all is good and well. But <laughs> yes, uh, it's, we are in fact saying goodbye to the emails. So um, uh, goodbye emails. You have been splendid. Well, I jolly well think so anyway. So without further ado, I'll just show them the door. Oh, the microphone is about to fall over. 
that look on your face. Is it's it? balancing. Oh, my God. It's what's it balancing is, on, this, a, on a pins This is head. a stupid microphone stand because this is my, my desktop one. And it's basically, it's balanced on this massive weight. And the oh, I know the kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. awful. My, my microphone is balanced on the top because I've had to uh, elevate it slightly on the desk. It's balanced on the top of several books. And the top one is, t- bizarrely, this is just totally random. I took these off the bookshelf. Is Who's There? The Life and Career of William Hartnell. Oh, look at by that. By Jessica Carney. Isn't that funny? The world moves. A woman in who I interviewed. I've, I've told this story a million times, haven't I? But it was a woman who I interviewed for Mythmakers you know, all about her grandfather. And then I bumped into her in a party several months later and we'd had a whole conversation before we realised that we'd met before. How peculiar. We got to the end of a long sort of polite, casual conversation. I said, have we met? And she went, I don't know. I said, why? Is this something to do with Doctor Who? She said, well, my grandfather was the first Doctor, William Hart. I went, "Ah, yes, we... She went, oh God, that was you, wasn't it? Totally bizarre. (laughs) Anyway... That is the end of the emails. So, time now for an interview with someone very special. She was with us right at the beginning of Big Finish. She's one of the reasons we're still here today. Yes, Scott Handcock is in conversation with actor, director, photographer, bon viver, I messed that up, (laughs) extraordinaire, Lisa Blumin Bowerman. And she begins by looking back on it all. Hello and welcome to this week's guest interview for the Big Finish podcast. I am Scott Hancock, a producer and director for Big Finish, and I am joined by... Lisa Bowerman. Who kicked Big Finish off way back in... When When was it, Lisa? <laughs> if we're counting, <laughs> uh, I, I have to say, next year it will be 20 years. That's very exciting. It's... Uh, kind of yes. No, I'm sort of. I'm still slightly in shock about it because you think, oh yeah, I'll do that job for a couple of years, then five years, then ten years, and then to actually physically say that you've been doing it for twenty years is is still a bit not quite real, really. It's lovely though. Yeah, that, of course know, it Benny is. Benny kicked Big Finish off and is still going strong I'm to this day. I'm a very yeah. lucky girl. And what have we been recording? Talking Benny. We have been recording the third box set. Fourth. Fourth. But is it? Yeah. Hang on a minute. You're absolutely right. Oh, God. You see, that's it. After 20 years, that's what it does to your brain. <laughs> um, so the format of this podcast, Nick has a little uh, sort of template he likes to follow, which Ooh. is, first of all, how did we first meet? Um, followed by what is agitating your molecules big finish wise? And then what is agitating your molecules generally in the generally wider world? In the wider world. Well, uh, so we'll begin with, uh, yeah, how did, how how did, did we, we meet? first meet? I think you wrote an episode called The Oracle of Delphi. Did we have to call Delphi? it Delphi? Delphi I, 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 it yeah. has Delphi. And there was lots of discussion about, you know, as you are a classics boy, aren't you? And uh, you came along and looked like a 10 year old. And I thought, who's that 10 year old in the corner? <laughs> Ted Adam, the writer. No change there then. So I think that's where we we first um, we first met, wasn't it? Yeah, because that was. I mean, that was the first big finish I did. So absolutely. I'm just trying to think which series was that. I can't even remember. It was one of Mr. Gurrier's ah uh, series. Oh. Seven or oh, eight, it, I think. Isn't it, you see, this is another thing. People go, "Oh, do you remember that one when?" And you think <laughs> that was. It was 2006, so I think it was probably about <gasps> series seven. God, eleven years ago, blimey! So, yeah, is that that long, Scott? That we've known each other. Extraordinary. <laughs> it's terrifying, isn't it, when you put it in those terms? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, and and uh, yeah, I, I certainly never expected then to be 
directing you or you <laughs> I'm know, very glad I mean you've become quite integral now haven't you to Benny which is I think is rather lovely yeah because we did that stuff with Gary that's Gary right Russell so, uh, the box sets with Gary I was just assisting and then he and went off to Australia well yeah past his new and, and James Goss took over and James asked if I wanted to carry on directing I'm very glad you didn't say no it could have been quite you know. and yeah yeah no it's it's been lovely oh um, and you'll 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 uh, we say it between ourselves but we never say it to you often enough um, you are <laughs> blooming good oh kind i mean i think you'll find most actors i hope most actors will say it really is in the writing and you know how lucky have i been i mean I've, again it's on record i've said it masses of times you know the character that paul cornell has created in in benny is great because there's a consistency to a character but also you can drop her into virtually any situation mm. and and she seems to i mean still be a relatively interesting person to want to hang out with for an hour you know yeah. which is uh, always good and and there's that lovely mixture of stuff that's serious as well as funny and i i mean you couldn't really ask for a better character to play <laughs> at I- all and with this new box set, we're back with David Warner's oh. Doctor. And we've had a, a delightful uh, series of actors coming in, just the guest cast as well. Well, excuse me. I don't know how much exactly. we can say, but if you want to drop any names well, just to know, tease people. A little Annette Birdland, a little Rowena Cooper. Give me some more Rowena names. Rowena Cooper back. Yeah. I think Sam Kisgart might oh, be Oh, Sam Kisgart, of course. How could we um, possibly forget Sam Kisgart? Johnny Bailey. Johnny Bailey. Matt, Catherine Stewart. Catherine Stewart. And... Oh, it's lots of Doctor Who alumni. I like that. Mm. It's very good. No, it's been it's been a fruity uh, <laughs> <laughs> few sessions. No, really. Um, and yeah, no, it's it's nice to be back. No, um, it is. And also, you know, the, uh, again, you know, James, is, uh, James and Guy, as the, the writers, they, they absolutely get Benny. And uh, it's been a lovely mixture between quite cerebral stuff and and really just fun runaround stuff so mm. uh, that's always good and moving on then to my next question yes what is agitating your molecules in the big finish world um well the, the, the thing is obviously by dint of what i do for big mm. finish i listen to quite a lot of the stuff that i'm involved with so uh, it's it's taken up mainly by listening to lots of edits um of stuff that i've been working on and do you listen to much big finish you're not involved in it's very difficult to purely because I mean this sounds like I'm kind of you know it's because I've got so much else on with Big Finish I don't really have time to which is an awful admission obviously I you know listen to the Benny stuff Mm. and um, uh, I I get involved in other things they get sent to me and I go oh I'll listen to that later and then it sort of sits there for three months and doesn't get listened to because I'm so busy with edits on on other stuff so um, so I am I'm slightly restricted to the things that I've been working on but uh, at the moment I think the short trips are on a real high. They're ter- mm. they're terrific. Ian and, Atkins works very oh, hard. Too, really, uh, really yeah. good. And also, uh, yeah, we're, we're um, carrying on with the First Doctor uh, Companion Chronicles, which are shaping up very nicely. Mm. This just sounds like a sort of puff piece, really, doesn't it? <laughs> but, no, but uh, I think it's very easy to lose track of what everyone does at Big Finish. Absolutely, it's, it's, absolutely. You know, there's so and much that, going on. I, I obviously I dip in every so often. Uh, you know, I had a, a little guesting part a little while ago on the Survivors, which sounded uh, amazing. I actually haven't lis- listened to it yet, but actually being in the booth, the kind of work that's coming out of Big Finish is so exciting at the mm. moment. And really varied. Good. Yes, very. Um, and, yeah, to wrap up, what molecules. what is agitating your molecules <laughs> away from Big Finish? Um, just TV shows yes, or books? TV, or? TV shows, actually. Um, we, uh, me and my partner, we, te- we tend to sort of do blitzes with, I have to admit, subtitles sometimes, as we know. It's a bit of a moot point these days. But I tell you what, I absolutely loved the last series of The Unforgotten, or oh, Unforgotten, which was yeah. the Nicola Walker series. 
um, uh, on ITV. Gosh, that was good. Um, currently, I'm watching the second series of Follow the Money, which is a Swede- uh, sorry, Danish drama on BBC Four. It's, it's, it's a little bit convoluted and it might not be easy to pick up mm. um, on the second series. I have to say we're, we're both devotees of anything Scandinavian. We'll, we will sort of aim in on occasionally. It, it, they're not very good, but uh, I'm, I'm willing to, to go for it. But um, what else are we watching? We're watching SSGB. The jury's a little bit out on that one at the what moment. What is that? I've not it's, heard of it. It's the adaptation of the um, Dayton novel, Len Dayton novel, that's on SSGB. BBC One. Yes, it's about the fact that Germany won the war. Right. And, um, I'm, I'm utterly... Uh, ah, you're oblivious. out of that one, yeah. yeah. Um, it's okay. It's It's been a bit of a Marmite one with people. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm going to stick with it. We tend to stick with it mm. at the moment. And, of course, uh, the mighty uh, league gentleman from uh, Inside Number oh, 9, which inside, uh, yes. uh, obviously the last series in- involved um, the current incumbent of Doctor Who, uh, which was rather marvellous. And and I just think uh, Steve Hamilton and Rhys Shearsmith are so creative and they, they managed to do a little gem of a drama every week in a completely different style you know you think they're all going to be grand guignol they're all going to be slightly bloody and they're not sometimes they're just psychological sometimes they're just straight comedies I, I, well there was that it's gorgeous re- one with Sheridan Smith oh which my just blew god that was the best half hour drama I have seen on television for years and mm. they've they've almost sort of recreated the one-off drama again and I, I do think it's a proof that there's a space for something like that. Well it's, it's proper anthology stuff isn't oh, it? Absolutely it's not, but um... it's just one story well acted might have a twist might not have a twist I just I, I think they're so clever and I really enjoy that. Yeah. Well on that note um, because your payment my, on my your, your car, car is just about, about to run, run out, out. Um, <laughs> nothing uh, like that, an incentive yeah. that feels like an opportune moment uh, ah, look James is James waving Goss car keys dangling through the his window. key saying get out of here okay thank you um, very much but thank you Lisa Van for chatting oh, to us thank you Scott uh, we'll speak to you very soon. okay bye bye And I have to confess that I have no idea if Lisa got out of there without getting a parking ticket. I assume she didn't. Did, I mean, because if I I did see her recently. And let me tell you, if she had got a parking ticket, she bloomin' well have told me. And that's for darn sure. That's which is my uh, catchphrase this um, (laughs) That's for darn sure. sure. Benji, what's for darn sure now? Uh, What is for darn sure now? Um, It sounds like a bloke, doesn't it? My name's Darn Shore. Um, so and this for is da- for me. Well, for Darn Shore, coming up in at the end of this podcast is our drama tease. A Ooh. whole episode from our 50th anniversary Captain Scarlet box set with the original cast from the 1960s adapted audio with Ed Bishop's narration. It's the heart of New York. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, so now it's time for the randomoid selector trance. So cue that uh, epic music. Okay, hit me. Oh! Well, sorry, sorry. Uncontrollable. Uh, when somebody says that, I have to. Um, yeah, so we've got uh, Iris Wild Time Series mm-hmm. 2. What a what a rocking choice uh, Ran has uh, popped up for us today. Wow, hold on. Sorry, where I, sorry, I know nothing about it. All I know is that Iris Wild Time is brilliant. Paul Mars, uh, an incredible writer, has done so much blinding work for us. This is like a... Uh, Almost like a collection of uh, four separate releases, I think, which have been gathered together to form what is uh, Series 2, I think. Is that right? 
I think so. But Iris Wildtime is is great. It's such a, a fun uh, little as we you know a little sidestep in in the world of Doctor Who. Uh, you got the wonderful Katie Manning. Uh, playing the uh, lovely northern Iris Wildtime, who's a, a crazy lady who travels around in a, a double-decker bus uh, drinking gin and tonic with a uh, companion that's a panda. I mean, what more What more do you want, quite it's frankly? It's great stuff. There are, in fact, four trailers, because, as you say, there are four different releases. The Sound of Fear, The Land of Wonder, The Two Irises, and The Panda Invasion. <laughs> I love that little tagline there. She's back, and it's about gin. <laughs> My type of person. Brilliant, brilliant. Great stuff. Uh, so here, here's one of those trailers. You know something, Mr. Daniels? You'd asked me five years ago where I thought I'd be now. I'd never have predicted this. Mm, what's that, Mr. Daniels? Ooh, how did a talented DJ and musician at the top of his game end up playing tedious synthopop to the galactic masses? Ooh, well, Jack. Um, may I call you Jack? Lovely pink and fluffy Jack. All started with a woman. Radio yesterday. Radio yesterday. <gasps> Perfect for them. I've met half the people on that playlist, you know. They could interview me. I'm Iris Wildtime. And you are? Lisa Lewis. Station researcher here at Radio Yesterday. Lisa. No, not you again. Lisa. We want you. Iris! My reputation precedes me. Sorry, but, um... Do I know you? Well, have you met Iris before? In a manner of speaking, she's my wife. We need you, Lisa. You need us. I can make it on my own. I don't need you. I told you I was a free spirit. You didn't tell me you were a time-travelling free spirit with a Porsche over rushing off to save the universe and leaving your husband a washed-up shadow of his former self. Keep back! Stay away from me! You will be contracted to us. their sub-signal in your music for months. Iris is proving intractable. Make her see sense. Tell her to take us back to 1960. Don't you just eat it when the baddies have thought of every conceivable angle, lover? My destiny awaits. I must take my seat on the bus. I have a ticket to ride. Wild Times Law, rule number one, grab the nearest bottle and hope for the best. And there you go then. So uh, we hope you enjoy that. Cheers, Ran, for a rocking choice this week. And yeah, yeah. if you get on to the uh, Iris Wild Time stuff, you're in for a, uh, a whole host of adventures, balmy adventures through time and space. And so there we have it. As the podcast escapes like a Venusian rat up a Telosian drain pipe, there's just time for Nick to round up the latest releases, and that's for Darren Shaw. <laughs> Hold on, isn't that my catchphrase? 
Uh, lots of lovely stuff you can listen to right now. Yes, right flipping now. Why not use the Big Finish app? It's lovely. Plug, 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 plug. So there's Sylvester McCoy as the seventh doctor in the Silurian Candidate. You can get episode one for free if you want to try before you buy. Yeah. Uh, the Time Machine by H.G. Wells. He's out there. Adapted so beautifully by Mark Platt and starring Ben Miles it, it is really not to be missed Time in Office mentioned quite a lot earlier in this podcast yeah stars Peter Davison as the fifth doctor on Gallifrey with Tegan and Leela Leela uh, lovely script by Eddie Robson great stuff The Thief Who Stole Time draws to a close our latest series of the fourth Doctor adventure starring Tom Baker of course uh, Annika Wills and Fraser Hines star in The Night Witches lovely early adventures story from the era of my favourite The Second Doctor and there you have it oh did you know The Prisoner Volume 2 was out by the way <laughs> here's a reminder of the trailer Six Number Six What about Six? Where am I? <laughs> Ever heard of the village? Good morning Good morning Good morning <laughs> I'll break whatever little conspiracy you're trying to hatch. I vanished, did I? You didn't know. Where have you been? You didn't know? Phases A and B have been successfully enacted. We're ready with phase C. I'm not a number. I'm a free I'll never accept this prison as my home. You are in harmony. 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 Reality is reality. You don't decide what reality is. Reality exists. There's far more to all this than you know. Far, far more. Shameless plug, plug, plug for my favourite thing. I thank you. Smashing stuff there, Nick. And there you have it. An incredible podcast. A compact sandwich of different things. The First Doctor, Bernice Summerfield. It's packed with delights. And further delights yet to come. (gasps) Yes, Captain Scarlet and the Mistrons will be along at any moment. Starring Francis Matthews. Although I typed Francis Matthews. (laughs) Hello, Francis. Uh, And Ed Bishop. And the gang, you know. Anything to add, Benji? Oh, well, these these releases are they were great fun to, to work on and, and to to do a little bit of remastering on and and add it all together. This particular one uh, was was sort of this was patching different things together in order. Oh, to, this is the heart of New York. This is the heart yeah. of New York, yeah. Which is it was patching different different sources together to create one single thing. But they're great fun, and I must have listened to it so many times now. But it's uh, it's, it's. Can you great. give us a quote? From it? Uh, <laughs> Captain Scarlet. Um, no, I, I, I can't give you a... a ah, ah, that's probably oh, one yeah. of the lines. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I remember when I was sitting with um, with uh, Jamie, and we were listening to, I think it was uh, uh, Captain Scarlet versus Captain Black, and we were just... Because we both listened to it so many times, we knew when certain bits were coming up, and we just... There's just these giggles going on. Like, it was so... <laughs> So, oh, so brilliant. But yeah, so uh, I really hope everybody enjoys this. It's great fun. And, and honestly, the CS50 box set, crammed full of stuff. If you like Captain Scarlet or if you're just interested in cult telly, uh, it's a well worth getting because it's a huge, huge release. And before we go, 
I would like to mention that it's now well over a year since you started co-hosting the podcast with me, Benji. Has it really been well over? I suppose it has. It's September, isn't it? When, yeah, yeah. when did I? What month? I remember the oh, first August. time I did it. It was. It was. It was. I remember it was, it was a hot day. I remember that. I think it was something like August the eleventh. I, I, I meant to mention this. I kept meaning to mention this ever since August the eleventh. And I finally got around. I've just finished writing the script earlier, and I thought, "Hold on, I'm just going to put that in." Well, so what, thank who, you. What, well, a, what a roller coaster ride! Well, thank you for having me. I mean, what an adventure it's been. You are That's staying on, thing. aren't you? Oh, if you want me to, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, so uh, uh, you know, the thing is, who would have thought that it would have become such a, a wonderful ride? Because I remember rocking up to Broccoli Towers, as it were, and doing yeah. that first podcast and the, the laughter and all that business, and, and here we are now, and the the legacy that that one year is with. Tom Baker, the policeman, uh, builders tips, uh, ran the random words electron being a, a creature. Buck up, yeah. Blau. Stop, don't move. Stop, yeah. don't move. Yeah. Oh, absa. Field Marshal Montgomery. Oh, yes. Do you know that stop, don't move? Ever since uh, I think I, I did. Ever since you mentioned t-shirts or something, uh, I keep getting adverts popping up on my computer with different t-shirts from Red Bubble saying "Stop, don't move on it." And are they actual t-shirts or are they just graphics? No, they're just ones that people have made. Yeah, because yeah, there are there are some fantastic designs, ones we couldn't do because they're covered in BBC copyright material. But we got we got some coming out, haven't we? Yeah, Sue said to me, Sue, who you, you also because I, when I congratulated you for a year's service on the podcast, you thought that it was you were on your way out. Then I think it sounded like saying thanks for the year, goodbye, Benji, and you were thinking that I was saying that Sue Cowley's leaving as well. Cause I think I'm just having this, this existential crisis today. It's, really. it's very telling, isn't it? If ever you're nice about someone, they think you're giving them the sack. Well, it's, it's, it's been an interesting uh, fifteen years, dear. But all good things must come to the. So, why am I quoting that? I just sorry. I just, I just, it just you know, when you what say was that a quote from? That was from Forty Two. It just came off like I just uh, sort of quote, started doing it before even I wasn't thinking about it. But no, I, it's honestly, it's so much fun. And it's I was saying to you, it's, it's a nice little escape in the week, isn't it? You, you know, you do something like this, and it's sort of, it's it's such a, it's like an hour of fun and. Uh, Mayhem. Yeah, it's nice, and we we quite often talk quite a bit beforehand and afterwards. We do, we do, and uh, because you know we're, we've got a lot to say, and uh, a lot in common, and a lot of geeky uh, similarities. I think there really. Oh, definitely. Uh, it's uh, it's been a huge pleasure for me. Um, you know, I have to admit that I was a bit uh, bereft without Paul Sprague uh, co-hosting because. That just by accident worked out really, really well. It was really everyone was entertained by us uh, irritating each other. When we didn't irritate each other, he just irritated me. <laughs> but those, but those days were so fun, like in the office and all the noise and the crisps and and you know, it's, that was such a giggle. Oh, that's gone. They're very quiet in the office now. They're so dedicated. Uh, Sue and Paddy and and Ian. It's very yeah. They're amazing. Oh, they have a bit of music playing. That's what they do that we never did. We never had music playing. I'm sure I went in one day and I think they had like the music from Legopolis playing. This is in the old office. Oh, yeah. Actually. Oh, right, Sue, yeah she has the most incredible stuff. selection of music and, and it's eclectic with capital letters all the way through that word and any and she doesn't select she doesn't go no i'm not having that that's ridiculous she anything she'll play it it's lovely it's brilliant it really makes me chuckle a lovely team of people anyway uh, there you have it time now for you to remember that captain scarlet is indestructible but you are not
in the heart of New York. The Mysterons, sworn enemies of Earth. Possessing the ability to recreate an exact likeness of an object or person. But first, they must destroy. Leading the fight, one man fate has made indestructible. His name, Captain Scarlet. Criminals will do practically anything for money. And the three robbers in this story are no exception. Their greed for money was greater than anything else. But these guys hadn't counted on the power of the Mysterons, and from the very beginning, their plans were doomed. I'm Captain Blue of Spectrum, and I'm going to take you on an exciting adventure to the heart of New York, the next Mysteron target. It began late one night, when a mini-submarine surfaced about a mile off the coast close to a large building which housed the Spectrum security vaults. Stop the engine. We can drift ashore from here. Spectrum security vaults, night guard here. No, I'm sorry, there's no one else around. But the guard was wrong. The mini-sub had landed, and its occupants were now making their way up the beach to the security building. Yes, I'll do that. I'll pass on the message in the morning. Right. Goodbye. The guard's coming out. Give me the disc. The disc in question was a small electronic device. One of the robbers tossed it from behind some bushes. It landed over near the security gate. After a few short seconds, it began to pulse with an electronic sound which attracted the attention of the guard. The guard cautiously opened the gate, a careless move because the disc was a booby trap. As he bent down and touched the device, it suddenly sprayed nerve gas in all directions. With the guard now unconscious, the robbers were able to make their move.
Hold it. Wait for the gas to clear. Right, come on. He'll be out for about a half an hour. How long will you need to open the strong room? About ten minutes. Carl gave me all the detailed drawings, the circuit diagrams for the alarms, everything. I'll get the equipment. Right. And I'll borrow the keys from our old buddy here. I'm sure he wouldn't want us to start breaking down doors to get in. In a matter of minutes, the robbers were ready to blow the vault. Well, I've taken care of the alarm system. One little bang in the right place and she's open. Get back behind the table. They retreated and took cover from the imminent blast. How long? Five seconds. Now. We've done it. The door's opening. Beautiful. Well, let's see just how rich Spectrum are. is the voice of the Mr. Arms. We know that you can hear us, Earthmen. We've seen the greed and corruption of the world in which you live, and will take our revenge upon it. We will destroy the heart of New York. We have not forgotten. Captain Scarlett and I were dispatched to investigate the break-in at the security vault. I don't know why Colonel White sent us here. It looks like a job for the Spectrum Police. What a mess. Have you any idea what's missing? No, I haven't had time to check. Do we know what was in the strong room? Nothing but documentation and microfilm. All on the secret list, grade A security. Well, it looks like an inside job. Whoever opened this strong room door knew just what they were doing. Yes, it's obviously been done by professionals. But there's something funny about it. I'll report to Colonel White. Yes, Captain Scarlet? We've talked to the guard, Colonel. How is he? Oh, he's fine. They use some kind of nerve gas, but he's fully recovered. I'm glad to hear it. Go on. We're inside the Spectrum security vault. But something just doesn't add up. The job was planned most efficiently, and the strong room opened with a minimum of effort. But the whole place has been ransacked. It's as if they didn't know what they were looking for. I see. Well, it doesn't sound like the work of the Mistrons. I wanted you to check it out first, but now I think we can leave it to the Spectrum Police. Captain Scarlet, I want you and Captain Blue to concentrate on the latest Mistron threat. Go to New York at once. Yes, Colonel, we'll leave immediately. And soon we were bound for New York in the Spectrum jet. That break-in at Spectrum Security Vault. It's still puzzling me. I can't get it out of my mind. I know what you mean. Why would a group of apparently professional criminals go to such trouble to break open a strong room full of what to them must be useless documentation? 
that very moment, the robbers were examining their haul. Useless. Junk. Kruger and I risk our necks to get a heap of useless paper. How was I to know what was inside? You work at the plant where the vault was made? It should have been checked out. Look, Spectrum ordered a strong room. Not just any strong room, but the best. Now, you'd think they'd use it for storing something more valuable than papers. Isn't that reasonable? Will you two stop arguing? Have either of you read any of these documents? A few of them. Why? I have here a Spectrum report on the Mysterons. It's headed top secret. Listen to this. The Mysterons have the power of retrometabolism. They can destroy an object or person and reconstruct them for their own ends. Go on. The report then describes an eyewitness account of a reconstruction as it actually happened. Very interesting material, but it doesn't help us. Unless you're thinking of writing a book. Not a book. Maybe a play. And we'll all be in it. I think I know how to make the Mistrons work for us. The heart of a great city. Yes, but the pulse seems to have stopped now that the people have gone. Well, the evacuation's complete and the detector roadblocks will warn us of any Mistrons who try to enter the city. We'd better organize a search for booby traps that may have already been planted. Enough to blow a whole city block to pieces. Well, all we plan to do is blow open one small safe. Yes, but what a safe. The head office of the Second National Bank, New York. The gold reserve for the whole eastern seaboard is held in there. Do you think it'll work? Sure it'll work. Inside an hour, we will all be Misterons. Now you know what to do. There it is ahead. Get out that bottle of whiskey and splash it around. Arriving at a lookout tower in the forest, they began to play out their little hoax on an unsuspecting witness. Hey, buddy, I think we spotted a fire. Whereabouts? Come down here. I can't hear you. Right. Here he comes now. Well, you must get quite a view from up there. Here, pal. Have a drink. No, thanks. You said you saw a fire. The man said, have a drink. Look, quit playing games, will you? Pull off the road and sober up. Are you insinuating I'm drunk? By the smell of liquor in this car, I'd say you'd all had enough. Let's get out of here. Take my advice, friend. Keep the speed down. There are some mighty dangerous bends just ahead. You just watch you don't fall off that tower. Stupid fools. Well, we convinced him. He won't forget our faces in a hurry. We'll stop around the next bend. We'll be out of sight of the lookout. Right, get the dummies out of the trunk. If we can roll the car down to that clearing, it'll be in full view from the tower when it goes over the edge. Right. The robbers got out and rigged their deception. Using three dummies, they made the car appear still occupied. Very lifelike. Is the pedal jammed down hard? Yeah. Right. Put her in drive. It's nearly there. He should spot it any moment. From the watchtower, the lookout saw the car come back into sight. 
Spotting the dummies, he mistook them for the robbers. Drunken fools, they're gonna kill themselves. Out of control, the car careered off the mountain road. I warned them. I warned them. Through his binoculars, the lookout saw the car burst into flames. The car sailed right over the edge. They didn't stand a chance. They must have all been killed instantly. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the whole thing. Right? I'll wait for you. Shouldn't you be looking out for fires? But I saw you. You're all killed. The crash, the fire. You're wrong, Earthman. Tell the authorities we Mistrons intend to destroy the Second National Bank of New York. Tell them that when you wake up. The fire lookout has a first-class record and is considered absolutely reliable. Well, it looks as if his story must be believed. Yes, sir. It seems the Misterons have taken over three men and intend to destroy the Second National Bank in New York. The Second National Bank. It could be called the heart of New York. Well, I'm not going to risk Spectrum lives trying to save a bank. Put me in touch with Captain Scarlet. Yes, sir. What's the latest situation, Captain Scarlet? We organized a systematic search of the whole area, and we've nearly covered all of the city center. So far, no sign of a Mr. On booby trap. Has the area been evacuated? Yes, sir. Only the police and Spectrum personnel are left. Well, I want you to pull everyone out. Pull out, sir? Yes, Captain. The Mistrons have narrowed their field of attack to the Second National Bank. I don't pretend to understand why, but if they do succeed, I don't want any of our men hurt in the explosion. Pull back to the roadblocks. Yes, sir. Well, we'll be inside the city limits in five minutes. A roadblock. Better ease up. Right. It's a Spectrum roadblock. We'll have to be careful. Spectrum will be looking for Misterons. That's the way we planned it. We'll get through. Three men have just pulled up. Gray Saloon. License number 101X238. Keep them talking while I check them out with the Misteron detector. S.I.G. Uh, contact me over the personal receiver. I'll turn the volume right down so they can't overhear. S.I.G., Captain Magenta. What's the trouble, Captain? Just a routine check, gentlemen. Concealed inside a tent, Captain Oker scanned the villains with a Misteron detector. Negative. I'm sure you're aware of the Misteron threat and that this is a restricted area. Oh, yes, but uh, we understand the Misterons have now limited their target to one small area downtown. Two are negative, Captain Magenta. I'm checking on the third. I'm afraid I have my orders. No unauthorized personnel can pass through. We understand, Captain. I think this is what you need. Hmm. You're government agents. Or where are you heading? Like you, Captain. We have our orders. They're all clear, Captain Magenta. They can proceed. Well, gentlemen, everything seems to be in order. 
I must warn you that you enter entirely at your own risk. If you do run into difficulties, Spectrum cannot help. All our personnel have been pulled back outside the roadblocks. But you are clear to proceed. Good luck. Thanks, Captain. We'll manage. Well, I've got to hand it to you, Kruger. You were smooth. He even told us that pulled all their man back. Well, boys, the town has been evacuated. We can take our time and just help ourselves to the money. But someone else was there, watching from high on a building opposite the bank as the robber's saloon drew up outside. It was Captain Black. There it is. Let's go. Scarlett and I pulled up at Captain Magenta's roadblock. Captain Scarlett, Captain Blue. Three men were reported heading this way. Have they been through here yet? Yes, we let them pass about 15 minutes ago. You let them pass? Yes, they checked out clean. They knew the Mysterons had changed their target and had government authorization to enter. Government agents, eh? Yes. Wait a minute. How did they know about the Mysteron change of plan? That information was only circulated to Spectrum personnel. You're right. It's beginning to fall into place. They must be the Mysterons the fire lookout saw in the crash. But they were checked out by the detector, and they weren't Mysterons. There's only one explanation. That accident was faked. The city's evacuated. They're going to rob the second national bank. I'm going in. Put Colonel White in the picture. We can forget the alarms. No one's going to hear them. Just fix the explosive. Right. It's uncanny. The silence, I mean. No traffic, no people. An empty city. Empty, that is, except for one person. One so dangerous and deadly. Captain Black had now entered the bank and was quietly making his way in the direction of the vault. What was that? What was what? I thought I heard something. Someone outside. There can't be. The city's empty. Let's get the safe door open. Listen. There it is again. Look, I heard nothing. The quicker we blow that door, the quicker we can get out of here. Let's move. Close by, Captain Black was watching their every move. How far to the bank? About two miles. Let's hope we're in time. Meanwhile, the robbers had just blown the bank vault. The vault door swung open. Perfect. Let's get the money in gold and get out of here. There must be millions. We'll load the gold first. 
Don't try and carry too much at a time. It's heavy. Stay where you are, Earthman. The greed that brought you here will cost you dearly. In five minutes, this bank will be destroyed, and you with it. Let us out! You can't leave us here! Captain Black was not a man of compassion. He was a Mysteron who had turned his back on humankind a long time ago. Leaving the three trapped inside the vault, he took their saloon parked outside the bank and drove it back towards the roadblock. Meanwhile, myself and Captain Scarlet were approaching in the opposite direction in our Spectrum saloon. Look, there's a car coming towards us. That's it. Gray Saloon, registration 101X238. But there was only one man in it. Yes, and unless I'm very much mistaken, that man was Captain Black. We're closing on him. Warn the roadblock. We've got him trapped. Captain Magenta, the Gray Saloon is approximately one mile from the roadblock. We suspect Captain Black is driving. Make sure he does not escape. Don't worry, Captain Blue. He won't get through here. Captain Black. This is the voice of the Mysterons. There is a roadblock ahead and a Spectrum saloon behind you. On receiving the warning, Captain Black took a sharp left and proceeded down another street. It was no good. The turning led into a blind alley, a dead end. He was trapped. But just then, the unbelievable happened. The car and Captain Black disappeared into thin air. Our car turned the corner seconds too late. He's gone. Vanished into thin air. He can't have. There's no way out. Absolutely none. He's vanished like a ghost. The Misterons have powers we cannot hope to understand. Meanwhile, back at the bank, an explosion ripped apart the entire building. Now that the full story has emerged, we see how the greed of three men resulted in their eventual death. The Mistrons also recognize the corruption and greed of man and have destroyed, as they said they would, the heart of New York, the second national bank. But surely these three men were not typical of mankind, whom I believe to be basically good. And because of this, I am convinced of our ultimate victory against the Mysterons. Captain Scarlet! Scarlet! Yeah.
in scarlet Indestructible Captain Scarlet 